The Cardinals certainly didn't draw it up that way, but they did get the W against the Rockies. We'll break down last night's walk-off win and why I think how it ended was so important for this team moving forward. Jack Flaherty made another rehab start last night. I'll update you on his progress as well as Juan Yepes, what the team's plans are for Dakota Hudson, and we open up the mailbag today and take some questions from listeners all on today's episode of Locked on Cardinals. You are Locked on Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm J.D. Haffern. I'm a national radio sports anchor, born and raised in the Lou, lifetime Cardinals fan, and I am your host for Locked On Cardinals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, covering your team every day. You can follow me on Twitter at J.D. Sports Radio. Follow the podcast at LO underscore Cardinals. I want to thank those of you who make Locked On Cardinals your first listen every day. We are free and we're available wherever you get podcasts. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcast. Wherever you find podcasts, you'll find Locked On Cardinals. On YouTube, be sure to like and subscribe and comment so you can interact with us. The likes are a very big deal. Make sure you're liking us. Make sure you're subscribing. I think we're over uh, we're over 1.4 thousand subscribers now on YouTube. That's fantastic. Keep it coming. Keep it coming. Um, interact with us on all of these uh, different platforms. It's a show serving Cardinal Nation and giving the best fans of baseball all of the info about the birds on the bat. So game one of a three-game series with the Rockies got started last night at Bush Stadium. It was the Battle of the Southpaws. You had the Rockies sending Kyle Freeland to the mound against Jose Quintana, who was making his third start as a member of the Cardinals. His first two starts went quite well. This was a repeat matchup of a game from last week where the Cardinals were able to win. They jumped on uh, Kyle Freeland quickly in the first inning that first time around, scoring five runs off him. Uh, Dakota Hudson at one point was supposed to start this game, but the team made some changes to his pitching schedule, so we'll get into that uh, a little bit later in the show. But back to last night's game and how the ending in this one, how it made me feel like this is such a big deal for this team moving forward. All right, we're going to get to it. Cards threatened early in the first with a leadoff single by Carlson, who had a nice night at the plate. Arenado singles, pool holes walks, which brings Tommy Edmond to the plate. And a lot of people online didn't like the idea of Edmond batting behind pool holes because of Edmond's lack of pop, his lower OPS, which is all valid reasons. Perhaps he young in this spot instead against the lefty. But when thinking about later on in the game, the righty-lefty matchups that, that could happen, it's nice to have a switch hitter in that spot. It just breaks up all of the right-handers in a row in the lineup. So I get both sides of the argument. But Tommy works the count to three and one. And you've heard it a million times. If it's three and one and it's not the perfect pitch, do not swing. Edmund said, screw that. He goes after a sinker low and away and grounds it harmlessly to shortstop. Force out at second base. The inning's over. Threat's over. Now, you can't tell me that's the pitch that Tommy Edmund was looking for. The pitcher has to throw not one but two strikes in a situation like that. The pressure is on him. The the pressure is not on Edmund or the batter there in that spot. So you don't need to be aggressive there like that. Kind of a disappointing at bat to uh, say the least, at least how the result of the bad went. But anyway, moving on. Top of the second, you get another web gym from Arenado diving to his right towards the line, throwing from his knee over to Goldie, who comes off the bag, makes the catch, applies the tag, kind of hits Gritchick right in the cup area. Uh, that's a that's the painful spot to get tagged at. Um we're just so spoiled as Cardinal fans. For a number of years, we had 
you know, rolling and poo holes. And now we've got Arnado to Goldschmidt. It's just a beautiful thing to watch night in and night out. Uh, still scoreless to the bottom of the fourth. Edmund comes up again. Base is empty this time around, and he gets 2-0 sinker from Freeland. This time, it's over the heart of the play. Tommy deposits it into the bleachers in left center field for his eighth home run of the season. Now, that is the pitch that he wanted in the first inning. And he chased it in inning number one, but here he gets it. He rips it. one nothing Cardinals. Kind of a funny stat. Edmund now has more home runs than Tyler O'Neill on the season. Yeah, Tyler... I know he's been hurt, but who would have thought on, what is this, August 17th, that that would be the case, that Tommy Edmond would have more home runs than Tyler O'Neill. Just kind of funny to me. Uh, bottom of five, the cards get some two-out magic. Speaking of Tyler O'Neill, he singles, brings up Goldie, who pops an 0-1 fastball into the night sky. The literal definition of a moonshot, where it goes up as far as it did and then comes down is the, the same amount like length. So just as high as it went far. I mean, you could take a bathroom break, could have made a sandwich, done some laundry, all in the time between the moment the ball left Goldie's bat, went up into the sky, and then came down in the left field stands. It was 29th of the season. His 100th career home run as a Cardinal. 3-0 Redbirds. Meanwhile, Quintana, he's on cruise control. He's got a no-hitter going into the sixth inning, but that's when the Rockies... Switch up their offensive strategy. And after a leadoff single, the next two hitters swing at the very first pitch. And they also single, which scores a run. It's three to one. They realized Quintana was getting ahead in the count. He was throwing strikes right away. So they kind of were like, let's uh, take advantage of that and, and swing at those pitches. So now we got the bases loaded. Maddox comes out. He gives Jose the old shoulder claw and says, hey, their first pitch swinging. Let's, let's make them chase. Unfortunately, the next hitter, Rogers, doesn't. Quintana falls into a uh, 2-0 hole and uh, has to come over the plate. Rogers bloops one into right field. Just a dying quail out there. Four straight singles. None of them hit particularly hard, but such is baseball. Marmol comes out, pulls him, brings in Hicks. Now, this is the epitome of a high-pressure situation. You got your fireballer coming in with the bases loaded, nobody out. And you're clinging to a two-run lead with the Rockies' best hitter and C.J. Crone coming up. And Hicks stands stall. And he strikes him out. The all-star first baseman. One out. Fantastic stuff. He takes a, a slider, throws it a, a, like 83 miles an hour, takes a ton off. I mean, can you imagine trying to hit 101 sinker ball? And then he comes at you with like an 84-mile-an-hour slider. I mean, that's sick, okay? You're not going to be able to hit that stuff. Hicks has got filthy, filthy stuff in his repertoire. Just got to throw strikes. Uh, next batter, Jose Iglesias, hitting 311 on the year. He chops one softly to second, but it's not hit hard enough to turn two, which is a bummer because the run scores. But you got two out. He then gets Gritchick to ground out a shortstop. They get out of it with just one run scoring. Phenomenal job done by Hicks right there. Pressure situation. He nuts up and almost gets out of it without anyone scoring. Not really his fault that Iglesias is too wimpy to hit the ball hard enough to the second baseman. So that was a little frustrating that he scored. And you can see Hicks was frustrated. He was like, I got the ground ball too. And I still didn't get out of it without them scoring, which is what he wanted. But still a great job, man. Pat on the back for Jordan Hicks. Um, the question was, though, does Hicks come back out for a second inning? Now, we've discussed his struggles recently with throwing more than one inning. And Ali decides, let's give him another inning. Let's see what he's got. Fingers crossed, because if he can become one of these multiple inning weapons, what a huge advantage that would be for the Cardinals. So top of the seventh, Hicks back on the mound, gets the first hitter on strike. Second guy, second guy grounds out. Everything's going good. It's beautiful. And then Winton Bernard hits one 
just in front of home plate. I can spit farther than the ball went in front of home plate on this one. Just crap luck right there. Beats it out at first base. Two out still, though. So let's go get the next one. Gets ahead one, two, and then loses him on a seven-pitch walk. Walks will kill you. We'll say it almost every show because it seems to happen consistently. Uh, Hicks is done. Ollie has the lefty packy knotting up and ready to face the left-handed Charlie Blackman. Seems like it'll be a good situation. Naughty, Naughty Naughton's been good against left-handers. Hicks was so close to getting out of this, but two on, two out now. Packy falls behind Blackman, who then clubs a high slider off the wall in right center field. Two-run score. Rockies take a 4-3 lead. Frustrating stuff. Again, Hicks almost getting out of it. And it's not the dinky little single that bothers me because that's not his fault. That wasn't the issue. It's the walks again. For some reason, it just seems that lately, if you extend him an extra inning, his control just gets all wonky. I don't know what happens to him. And it ends up doing more damage than good. His last five outings that he pitched, more than an inning. He's given up two or more runs in three of them. Three of them. And it's usually the walks that are getting him in trouble. Seven and two-thirds innings pitched in August. He's given up just two hits. Two. He has struck out 10, but he's walked six. Six walks. Not good. If he shaves that part down, we got ourselves a straight demon coming out of the bullpen. Uh, cards answer in the bottom of the seventh. Yo, Yachty leads off with a single. Carlson, another single. O'Neal gets hit by a pitch, and the bases are juiced for Goldschmidt. First pitch swinging. Hits like a nine iron into left field. The camera guy, I mean, he thought it was going over Big Macklin. He pans up like, whoa, and uh, then it comes down into left field. Um, another high fly ball. Not the distance, though, on this one, but it's enough to score the tying run. 4-4. Goldie's got his third RBI of the night. 92 on the season, now second in the National League behind Pete Alonzo of the Mets. Now, it stays that way until the bottom of the night. Andrew Kisner leads off, and I've been hard on him recently for taking bad at-bats. And I don't feel sorry about that. He needs to do better when he is getting his chances at the plate to take better at bats. This night, fantastic. Fantastic. Works a seven-pitch leadoff walk. Newt Barr up next. Another young gun on the team. He works a six-pitch walk. Carlson comes up. Another young player. And he lays down a bunt. What? What the hell was that? Holy smokes. I didn't know they did that anymore. An actual bunt. I had to check the calendar to see what year it was. I was blown away, and it actually worked. The bunt worked. Carlson was just trying to, to sacrifice, I think, but he did it, laid it down so nicely that uh, the pitcher, Lamette, comes over, and he has to, like, turn and throw. Carlson's got good wheels, beats it out at first base. Uh, does it on 0-2 count, no less, on, like, high heat, like 96 up and end to Carlson, lays it down perfectly. Unbelievable. Uh, bases loaded. Nobody out for Tyler O'Neill Once again, another one of the young talents on the team. He needs a big moment here. 2-2 two -two pitch, and the ball gets away from Denelson Lamette. It hits Tyler on the elbow guard, forcing in the game-winning run. The cards win it 5-4. to four. Not exactly a walk-off dinger or a double, but here's why this is a huge win for the Cardinals, okay? The bottom of the ninth featured... All younger players. Kisner, 27. Newtbar, 24. Carlson, 23. O'Neill, 27. You didn't need a hit from Goldie. It didn't take a hit from Arenado or Pujols or Yachty. It was the guys that you need to step up around those veterans that got the job done on their own without any help from the vets, and that is huge for their confidence. It's like when you first like learn to ride a bike. And you do it without the help of your parents or an older sibling. 
you do it on your own and it makes you feel good inside and it has to feel great for the guys and it sure seemed like it worked out for them uh the way they were celebrating afterwards they're having a good time on the night, Carlson gets three hits, including that bunt in the ninth. I still can't believe he bunted. That's so cool. Uh, O'Neal, two for three, gets hit by a pitch twice. Uh, Edmund, the home run. Goldie, ho-hum, hits his 100th career home run as a Cardinal, knocks in three. Cards move to 64 and 51, still two games up on the Brewers, who won in extra innings over the Dodgers last night. The Cardinals won for the 11th time in the past 12 games at Bush Stadium. Been a house of horrors for the Rockies throughout the years. Colorado has now lost their last 10 games in St. Louis. That dates back to August 1st of 2018. That's good. Keep keep the losses coming for the Rockies, man. Game two of the series tonight at Bush. Jordan Montgomery getting the ball against Herman Marquez for the Rockies. Speaking of pitchers, uh, we've got an update on Jack Flaherty. We're going to do that next after um, he made his second rehab start last night. Is he someone the Cardinals can rely on next month? We'll talk about it next on Locked on Cardinals. Now, a lot of us deal with weight loss issues. You know, we're sports fans. We watch our favorite teams. We eat easily accessible foods, which are normally bad for us, alcoholic beverages. And then we plop ourselves right in front of the TV for hours on end. That leads to some problems like uh, bloated belly, uncomfortable digestive issues, or feeling tired and sluggish. Now, there's a good chance you might have an overworked liver if you're dealing with some of those same issues. Now, the liver is the body's metabolic furnace. It's responsible for flushing out harmful toxins and igniting your fat-burning metabolism. But thanks to modern diets rich in unhealthy processed foods and constant exposure to thousands of man-made and environmental toxins, most of us have overworked livers. That's the problem. But now you can rejuvenate your liver health and reignite your metabolism thanks to Liver Health Formula by Pure Health Research. Liver Health Formula contains eight liver-boosting super nutrients like turmeric. I think that's how you say it. Turmeric, uh, beet, artichoke extract, things that I don't know much about, but this has got it in there. Eight liver-boosting super nutrients, all of which work together to kind of wake up that sluggish liver, turn it into the toxin-flushing and fat-burning machine, no more bloated belly, no more uncomfortable digestion, the tiredness, the uh, low on energy feelings that you get all the time, boom, get rid of it. Best of all, liver health formula makes it easier to maintain a healthy body weight long term. As a listener of Locked on Cardinals, you can try liver health formula risk-free today and get a free bottle of Curb Fit with your order. Now, Curb Fit is the safe and all-natural appetite suppressant. It makes it easy to say no to the naughty foods. It's a perfect complement to liver health formula. So go to getliverhelp.com slash MLB to learn more. Again, that's getliverhelp.com slash MLB to try liver health formula completely risk-free and to claim your free bottle of Curb Fit with your order. Once again, go to getliverhelp.com slash MLB now to get started. Now much has been made of the Cardinals additions to the starting rotation after trades for last night's starter, Jose Quintana, tonight's starter, Jordan Montgomery, but none of the names... Uh, but I should say, but so, but one of the names that continues to pop up all the time is Jack Flaherty. Could be a possible addition in September. The Cardinals' young right-hander, injury-marred season. We know that. it's It's been a rough one. He's working his way back again, though, from that right shoulder strain and made his second rehab start. And it was impressive. It was impressive. Now, mind you, he's at double-A in this one. His first one was at triple-A. Goes down to double-A here. He struck out four, allowed just two hits over three scoreless innings for Springfield. Through 52 pitches, 34 of them for strikes. A major improvement from his first start on August 11th, in which he allowed four runs, three earned, and one inning at AAA Memphis. Now, Flaherty hit 97 
on his final pitch, which was a strikeout. Uh, he's slated to make four rehab outings, according to manager Ali Marmel. Uh, his next outing will be Sunday for Springfield. Uh, Marmel said that he would like to see Flaherty make it to 65 or 70 pitches and then 85 or 90 pitches in what would be his final start before he is eligible to come off the 60-day injured list. They said if and when Flaherty comes back, he'll be in the rotation, which means Dakota Hudson likely moved out. Now, I've been skeptical on Flaherty returning at all this season. I, I'm still not going to get too excited until I see him on a major league mound and he looks like the ace that we thought he was going to be before all of the injuries last year and this year. I, I've got PTSD, man, from guys like Mark Mulder, more recently Alex Reyes, where I, I kept hearing encouraging things about the injuries, and then wham, they go down again, and, and it's back to square one. I don't want to fall for that again, but I'm cautiously optimistic about what the rotation would look like if you added a healthy Jack Flaherty to it. Uh, you've got the ageless Adam Wainwright, Miles Michaelis, healthy again, doing what he's doing this year, an all-star. Uh, if you continue to get what you're getting so far from Quintana and Montgomery, I mean, that's a hell of a rotation right there if you add a healthy Jack Flaherty, who was the Jack Flaherty that you were hoping you were going to get this year, you know, in an ace form. Dakota Hudson was supposed to start last night. They switched up his schedule. He's set to make his next start for the Cardinals on Saturday now in Arizona. They skipped his spot so he could specifically work on his plan of attack both mentally and mechanically against left-handed hitters. This season, Hudson has limited left-handers to an impressive 217 batting average and only two home runs. But 32 of his 50 walks have come against lefties. That's weird. That's weird. Uh, and it started against the Rockies on Thursday. Four walks. So Ali wanted to give the pitcher some time to work on uh, this kind of stuff in a simulated game and simulated innings. Uh, but the clock is ticking on Hudson. If Flaherty continues to progress and comes back, Hudson's done. <laughs> You're either going to the pen or they're just going to send you down. Um, it'll be a good problem to have if Flaherty comes back. Let's put it that way. Uh, Juan Yepes, who was slated to play on Sunday for AAA Memphis while on a rehab assignment, missed the game with a minor illness. He returned to St. Louis to be checked out by the medical staff. Worked out in St. Louis on Monday and Tuesday, and a decision about his immediate future is expected to be made today. Uh, he will either be activated to the roster or he could be sent out on another minor league rehab assignment. I mean, honestly, it would be nice to have his right-handed bat in a platoon situation in right field with Lars Newtbar. Lars just doesn't hit lefties very well. Uh, you would have Yepes against the lefties, Newt against the righties. So we'll see what happens, but no news has come out about it just yet as the at the time of this recording. Uh, coming up next on Locked on Cardinals, though, we're going to answer some listener questions, including one that has nothing to do with anything on the baseball field. Yeah, we'll get to that here in just a moment. Uh, you're hanging out with some friends and putting back a few drinks. A few becomes a few too many, and as the evening comes to an end and people start to head out, you think of calling for a ride. Nah, you live nearby. You can make it home okay. It's no big deal. What are the odds you'll get pulled over anyway? And even so, what's the worst thing that can happen? Your insurance goes up, you lose your license, you lose your job, you total your car, you kill someone. Everyone knows about the risks of driving drunk. The results are tragic and often deadly. However, that still doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel while under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads. They're doing it to save lives. So if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, Think again, play it safe, plan ahead to get a ride. There's really no excuse for it anymore with the amount of ways that you can get a ride home. 
whether uh, you've got all the all the different apps you can use. Uh, I know taxis aren't really a thing anymore, but the uh, ability to get a ride is there at your fingertips all the time. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. So drive sober or get pulled over. All right. One thing about Locked on Cardinals that I always want to reiterate to everyone is that you, you, the listener or the viewer on YouTube, you are a part of this show. I want your feedback. I want your questions, your comments, good or bad. It's okay. Uh, But I want you to know that you can interact with me and the show 24-7 through Twitter at LO underscore Cardinals during the games and before and after. I love talking to to you guys during the games as we go through like what I'm thinking, what you're thinking, what you're upset about, what you're happy about. I love it. I love it, man. It's like being at the game together, you know? Uh, you can also hit me up at JD Sports Radio on Twitter and on the Locked on Cardinals YouTube page. Each video, each video uh, we keep getting people commenting and just discussing things about the team, and it's great. I, I like it. I like that it's becoming more of a community. That's what I want it to be. I want it to be this Cardinals community that we can all hang out and uh, and just talk baseball together. So let's get through some of the things people have sent in already this week. Uh, first, of all, I got to point out it's a great name here, Zombie Horse Franz Ferdinand. By the way, Zombie Horse, um, I've been a rock radio DJ for like twenty years, so I'm well aware of the the Franz Ferdinand song "Take Me Out." But that's about it. I don't know of anything else that they've done that is any good. Uh, perhaps that's just me being naive and not paying attention. Uh, hit me up with some other songs of theirs that maybe I should check out. That would be cool of you. Uh, anyway, Zombie asks, should Palante and Hudson do a split for the fifth starter? Palante was just starting to shine as a starter and against the Yanks that looked good. Uh, when Hudson gets in a mess, Palante bails him out and it saves bullpen arms too. Um, I, I think they love Palante in the pen because he throws strikes. Because that's the worst thing in the world is when you bring somebody in and then they just start walking everybody. I mean, you see the issues with Hicks. Uh, Cabrera does it from time to time, and it's infuriating. Um, I agree. Palantes look good in the rotation, too, but he's also a rookie. So his innings are probably creeping up. And you know how they sometimes have a limit on how much they want uh, the rookies to throw. So maybe that's a thing. I I don't know for a fact if that's what's going on. Um, But the pen just kind of seems like his domain now. Now, if Hudson stumbles again and Flaherty doesn't make it back, then I would assume Palante or even uh, Jake Woodford would get that fifth spot. You might see Woodford next week in the doubleheader right here against Chicago. So um, that's where that is, in my opinion. So um, I don't know. Let's just hope Hudson can figure stuff out and you leave Palante there and he's because he's been good out of the pen. I've liked him there. Uh, Paul here X on Twitter asks, uh, what would you think about the Cardinals picking up Ken Giles, who is now a free agent, Stephen Piscotty being released? Would you ever want to see him return to the birds on the bat? Love the show. Uh, first, thank you for listening and watching. I appreciate you, Paul. Uh, Giles, Giles has been hurt a lot, dude. Um, and I mean a lot. And I, I, one of the things that they, the reason they got Montgomery and Quintana was the fact that they could rely on those guys to pitch every fifth day. And I don't think they want a problem like that in the bullpen either, where they just can't rely on somebody due to injuries to be able to to be able to go when they need them. Um, I heard his velocity was was down too, so none of that really sounds good to me. So that's going to be a negative Ghost Rider. Uh, as far as Piscotti goes, uh, the outfield's already packed. I mean, you're going to try to find a spot for Juan Yepes here soon, so I wouldn't expect any interest in Piscotti there at all. Um, yeah, I still remember the trade where they sent him to Oakland because his mom was sick. Um, 
that, that was that was a rough tie. But you know, I thought it was cool that they they did him a solid, set him out west so he could be there. You know, they were able to swing a trade with Oakland. So, um, yeah, but I don't I don't see him coming back anytime soon. Uh, one more. This one from Nicole L on Twitter. What has been your favorite foods at the ballpark this season outside of the basic hot dogs and Cracker Jack? They still sell Cracker Jack games. I don't know. I know they do have caramel corn like in big bags and stuff. I just do they have the actual boxes of Cracker Jack? I don't. I haven't bought one in a long time, so I don't know. Um, Nicole, again, thank you for dropping a line. Uh, I appreciate you as well. Uh, hot dog guy, because she was asking about how the. I'm a hot dog guy for sure. Um, but I also roll uh, Italian sausage sometimes, so I can spice things up a little bit. I'm a big pretzel fan. Uh, they got like pretzel sticks and uh, white queso cheese. That's amazing. I like those. Um, I saw like when we. We were there for a game against the Reds, and the, uh, we were up in, like in the club section. And they had it was either Chinese or a Japanese type of food, some sort of Asian food at Bush when I was there, and uh, smelled amazing. It smelled so good. I didn't get it though because I was I, it, it's just not baseball food to me. But maybe like if I get there early enough, I'll buy some and eat it before the game starts. Um, I don't know. I'm just weird like that. Nachos are always good. Got to make sure you eat them fast, though, because if the cheese get co- gets cold, they suck. They just suck butt after that. Um, Beverage-wise, I love a tall, cool Budweiser. Love those with the games. My mom, she gets the burnt hot dogs, and she does uh, Bud Select. The wife, she does the hot dogs, too, just mustard, though. And then um, she like she gets seltzers now. She doesn't really drink a lot of beer, but she'll do the seltzers. Uh, she got some sort of like red margarita last time we were there. Uh, I had like a sip of it, but that was pretty cool. It's expensive, but it was kind of it was kind of nice because it was a hot day. Um, but yeah, Budweiser and hot dogs kind of my thing. It just feels right at the ballpark. So I usually kind of stick with those uh, outside of the ballpark, though. I'm a I'm a huge pizza guy. Check out the shirt. Yeah. Yeah. Emo's pizza, dude. I like the Emo's. Um, I actually used to work at an Emo's um, in Bridgeton where I grew up. So. Yeah, back in the day, delivering and uh, cooking pies and whatnot. That was a good time. Didn't make much money, but it was a good time. But uh, there you go. There's a couple of questions from the mailbag today. So, again, I appreciate you guys all reaching out. Uh, Again, hit us up on Twitter. Hit us up on uh, the comments section on YouTube. And I'll figure out this Gmail thing. I I was told by one listener that we have a a Locked Up Cardinals Gmail. Yo, Nobody told me about this. I have no idea what the password is or how to get to it. So uh, I'll see what I can do on that. But again, thanks for making Locked On Cardinals your first listen. Now make your second listen to Locked On MLB Podcast. MLB expert Paul Francis Sullivan brings humor, passion, and unique perspective on every team and the biggest stories around the league. Follow the number one daily league-wide podcast, Locked On MLB, on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get podcasts. Again, game two tonight, Jordan Montgomery against Herman Marquez. I'm J.D. Hafford. Thanks for hanging with me. You're the best fans in baseball for a reason. And we'll see you next time right here on Locked on Cardinals.